This episode is brought to you by MSW Nutrition and Lounge, a partner in the Howdy Health Network. For decades, I've struggled with various gut and autoimmune issues, which have forced me to alter my life and career. Within the last year, though, after undergoing numerous blood tests, I've discovered that a majority of my health problems, they've been linked to vitamin and mineral deficiencies. Because I am now able to see what I was deficient in, I can also supplement against those deficiencies with the proper daily vitamins and minerals, as well as receive weekly IVs that are specific to my needs. This has changed the game for me. Today, not only do I feel like a completely new person, my ability to focus in life and business has increased, my athletic performance is better now than when I was a collegiate athlete, and most importantly, the relationship I have with myself, as well as the people I care about most, they are all thriving, and I'd love for you to feel the same way. So no matter where you are at in your health journey, whether it is scheduling your blood work or supplementing for your health needs, the beautiful part is the community at MSW and How Do Health, they will listen to you and help you figure out the best path for you. So go to howdoyouhealth.com and use code THRIVE15 for 15% off all products and services. What's up? My name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week, we interview people on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. Today's episode is with Corey Camp, a man on a mission of building community and connecting men and women who consider themselves forever athletes. As a collegiate swimmer who had a childhood dream of becoming an Olympian, Corey felt lost after that vision never came to life. Having struggled to find himself after leaving competitive athletics, he decided to solve the problem himself by creating the brand Forever Athlete. Today, he hosts weekly community events, coaches others on how to fulfill their own potential, and has launched the Forever Athlete Radio along with a collaborative book that is currently in the works. This episode is packed with value, and I'm stoked you all get to connect with him. So let's bring out our inner athlete and give it up for today's guest, Corey Camp. What is up, Thrive Fam? CJ Finley here again with another Thrive On Life podcast episode. And today, I'm fortunate enough to be sitting next to my really good friend, Corey Camp, who is in town from Los Angeles right now. He was on a road trip in a Mini Cooper, right? <laughs> in a Mini, baby. Heck yeah. Going from LA to, I, I was watching your stories, you did Sedona, White Sands, Big Bend. Now you're here in Austin, Texas. And I'm so happy that you chose to spend some time with me. But first question I always ask everybody is just, how are you doing today? It just feels good to have space around me <laughs> and like not be cramped. Obviously, I learned a Mini Cooper is not the car that you want to be traveling cross country in, let alone when one person in that car is transporting their life to Austin. So we're talking hangers in my ribs, uh, bags everywhere. How far of a drive is it? I think we added more time because we went north to Sedona first and okay. then down. I mean, each day was about six to eight hours in the car. And what were you doing in between like being in the car? When I road tripped from east to west with my dad, not even a year ago, making that transition myself, we just kind of like spent more time in each city. This time it was just like quick one night stay, go out for a hike in Sedona. But along the way, we were breaking up these drives by just going out for hikes. It was great. We like hiked in Phoenix. We hiked in Tucson. We did a random hike in Las Cruces and 
just along the way. It was a different way to see the country. I enjoyed it, man. It was fun. Oh yeah, I'm gonna have to hit you up because we're. I was talking to you about this before the show. We're, my wife and I are planning a road trip to Sedona this winter, and I'd already kind of planned out going through White Sands and then a couple other places. So one of the ways we were breaking up, she was laughing at me because in the email that I sent her with the breakup, it was just like, <laughs> we're gonna drive and then we're gonna go for a run here or there and or a hike, and then we're gonna get back in the car and then we're gonna drive <laughs> another couple hours. And I, then... got, I got some spots for you <laughs> if you need. So man. it's cool to hear that somebody else has done that, and I would definitely take you up on that offer. But today's first question and the thing that I think I want to get out there for you on this po- on today's podcast is your brand forever athlete and it definitely hits home with me I've been on Corey's podcast, so in the notes here we'll have to send you that for y'all to listen and make sure that you get in touch with and in tune with what he's up to but you're wearing the shirt right now forever athlete always moving forward start off with just run me through what is that man I mean there's so much backstory to it so for context, Grew up a swimmer. That was how I identified my entire life. And I swam through college, had a pretty good swimming career, pretty successful. Where'd you go to school? Delaware. Delaware. We've, we had we shared some good uh, Delaware memories. Um, yeah, my buddy Jeff is listening to this. <laughs> but when that chapter of my life was over, I just immediately felt out of touch with reality. And I, I released an episode actually today talking about it. My whole life, I struggled to connect with regular people, like the people just in my day-to-day life at school growing up, it was like, they didn't understand when I was like, oh yeah, yeah, like I've been up since 3.45, 4 a.m. and I swam for an hour and a half before school today. They were like, why? Like, why would you do that? (laughs) And in my head, I was like, because I wanted to get better and grow and like eventually get a college scholarship. And like, I had the clear why in my head. So when the chapter ended for me, it literally felt like just this complete loss of identity. I struggled to connect with people around me. I didn't feel like I really belonged with the people around me. I really felt that in my first job out of school as I was refinancing mortgages, which was like a super sexy job, I know. <laughs> um, sitting in a call hey, center. I'm going through die. getting a mortgage now for a second property. It is like- Hey, let me know. Like, it's great work. <laughs> I want to just leave it at that. Fantastic <laughs> work. But even in that setting, right? Like my coworkers couldn't understand that I put in a two hour gym session prior to work, like a 12 hour day. They're like, why would you do that? You're about to work. And I was like, that was like a non negotiable for me. It's just, I didn't know any different. And I just really struggled to understand why I was pushing my body and pushing my mind after I lost that structure of swimming. It was like oh, just this open-ended thing, right? There's no, I wasn't training for anything. I was just training for life, as they like to say. I was like, there's got to be something to this. So when people kept telling me, oh, that's so cool. You're a former athlete. You're a former swimmer. To me, it just felt like almost like a pat on the back. Hey, nice job. That's super cute that you used to do that. But like, what are you doing now with your life? And for a former athlete, I felt as if that just boxed me into like, you just assumed all these things about me and you you knew me. And I was like, that's not who I am. How can you sum me up in just a single identity? I think as human beings, we're multi-expressional. We are more than what we do as a job. We're more than two voices on a podcast right now. We are doing our best right now to capture just a small chunk of that and share that so that other people can understand it. 
So I wanted to create Forever Athlete really to be this brand where it provides that sense of belonging to that 22-year-old Corey who was lost and didn't connect with the people around him. So that's why there's a community aspect to it. And I wanted to bring people together and just say, hey, look, I see you. I understand you. We're going to grow together. We're going to be moving forward together. And it's not always linear. There's going to be ups and downs. But long-winded answer, Forever Athlete is really just this, to me, representation of living life outside the box. There's less limitations. You can do anything. That's truly how I feel now. Something you said really hit home with me, and that's how like we're multifaceted as human beings. And a lot of people, no matter what room they go into, they kind of mold themselves to whatever facet the other person wants them to be rather than just being their true selves. And one of the things I thought about was when we are younger and like I was a four sport athlete and you label your, you get kind of labeled as this athlete and that's just who you are. And then in the classroom, you're, if you're like me, it was a very confusing time because I also was very studious. So it's like a conflicting thing where it's like, who am I? Am I an engineer? Am I an athlete? And as we go into adulthood, you start realizing that the more that you stick to just one of those things, the more harmful it is, I think, to your psyche. Now, why do you think that we get to this point in the first place? Because I've thought about this for a while, but for somebody who's building a brand around Forever Athlete, why, when we're younger, do we feel like at least this is what I felt like, like I could only be an athlete, like Mm. couldn't be the multifaceted thing. Where do you think that stems from? It's a good question. It's a loaded question. I mean, I think it has, it's a multifaceted answer to it. Um, I mean, I would say from a societal push, it's like you see it in sports, right? At some point it shifts from being all about, hey, just have fun out there to you got to win. And maybe you have parental influences, you have coach influences that are like, hey, ZJ, you're really good at this. Like, you might even get a college scholarship one day. And all of a sudden, it switches from being about having fun at practice and training to now this is super serious. It's like, why? Why do we lose that? And then from another aspect, something I've been contemplating, it's like just identity in general. I'm writing this book with a whole bunch of co-authors around true identity and what does that mean and it's titled forever athlete how to tap into your true identity and spoiler alert everyone's going to have a different answer to that that's why it's a co-author project i was like i I can't answer this by myself but what i've noticed the more and more i look into identity i think we latch on to just quick labels one so that we can just quickly share that with someone else to like build a better connection and skip a lot of the other stuff And that's, I don't know if that's good or bad, but it's just like, oh. We want to be trusted quickly. And I think that's where to build that trust, we try to mold ourselves to whatever we think is going to gain that trust from that person. But at the end of the day, what builds, what I've noticed is build like true trust is when two people allow each other to be just their real, I guess, identity Mm -hmm. is what you're looking after. And it kind of gets me down the rabbit hole when you think of identity of what did you give up to have that identity of the swimmer? Like Ooh. what were some of the things that, cause <laughs> I, I had a lot of confidence. Yeah, it's like, but I, I'd love for the audience to hear this because like there does 
become sacrifice with certain yeah. decisions you make. And a lot of the things that I struggled with was like, I gave up skateboarding because I had, was playing mm. Scott soccer and I loved the skateboard, but it was like, you can't get injured. You, yeah. You're like, you got a big season coming up and then that gets in your head. So then we're programmed as adults that like, up oh, can't, can't do a job that I love because of X, Y, Z. So for you, like what were some of the things that when you look back on your identity that you were giving up to be this quote unquote athlete? Mm, another great question. It's like similar to you with skateboarding. It was like, I've never skied or snowboarded in my life to date even. Like to now, till now. Yeah. Because bro, that, I know that season always fell in the middle of like peak competition swim season. So for, for context, like, Early December was like big meet number one. And then big meet number two came like late February, early March. So that's like peak winter sports season. So, if, I mean, I was, I wouldn't say deathly afraid, but I never wanted to disappoint my coach. Like I saw how much he was putting and investing himself into to my progress and growth that I felt like I would, not only would I be letting myself down, more importantly, I'd be letting him down if I went against his advice and I went out on the slopes and God forbid like broke my leg or like did something to my shoulder and I couldn't compete at the level that I wanted to, even if it just affected training, not even affected the meat and missed the meat. So, I mean, that was always running through my head and it's funny to see like the lasting implications around it. It's like I've had now, I'm over four years out of school, over four years removed from like being a competitive collegiate athlete and I still haven't going about it just because I winter, think I'm conditioned girl. a certain way. We're gonna we're gonna change that this summer, or this uh, winter. This winter, you have to. One of the reasons you have to is because I have to again. I have not snowboarded since, and this has nothing. This is more life gets in the way. Yeah. Uh, since I moved to Texas, which was like five over five years ago. Yeah. So I have not gone back. I mean, I've been to the mountains just regularly, yeah. but like I've not snowboarded since then. And you're gonna love it. It sucks at first because it's a pretty steep learning curve, but as soon as you get it, it's just like. The feeling of going down the mountain is just, if you love the wilderness, it's just, I gave up when I played soccer, I gave up skateboarding, but I didn't give up snowboarding mm. during the winter. It was like the one thing, but snowboarding was a little bit more controllable of like, yeah. just don't do anything stupid. Skateboarding is just like, you're always trying to progress that next yeah. level. And it's just like, up oh, your board slips from out from under you or and the board. Broken arm yeah. Like, <laughs> and when you're, when you're snowboarding, it's a little bit more under your control is what I realized. Mm. So that was one of the reasons I kept doing it, but I really love your response there of not even thinking about yourself and thinking about more of the other people around you. Because I think also when we're kids going into teenagers, going into college and then going into our jobs, one of the things that I've realized is, you take that same mentality, at least I did, into my first job. And I think that's super harmful because like the people around you, it's not the same anymore. And for me, when I think of Forever Athlete and my journey being an athlete, I lacked a team. Like as soon as I got out into the corporate space, it was I didn't really trust anyone else's opinion around. Yeah. Like I'm just like, you're not getting up at yeah. early in the morning or, or going to the gym after work. Like, I don't even want to be around you. So for you, I know you're pretty well traveled. How was the impact of when you first got out of college and you were a part of a team to like not going to a team anymore? Mm. And when you were in that initial job, like what was your feelings towards everything around you? Like, were you seeking a team? Were you actively going out and 
participating in more sports or what did that look like for you to begin starting that team? And the reason I asked this question is because you have forever athlete. Now you're kind of years into it, but in the beginning, there might be someone else out there listening right now. Like they just got that job or they just, they're, they're feeling stuck and they don't know where to go or what to do. What were some of the things that you were trying to kind of fill that gap of not being on that team or not having that structure anymore? Yeah, I think, I mean, hindsight now, looking back, like subconsciously, I was seeking that, but I was looking at it. I was looking for it in the wrong places. I was looking for it at the Thursday night bar specials that were like two for one or personal favorite was flip night where literally this bar would be like, all right, heads or tails, you call it right. Your drink's free. And I'm like, dope. I'm going to meet some really cool people there. And I'm like, (laughs) why was I looking there? I wanted to be surrounded with people that I tell them, this is what I want to do in my life. And they don't look at me like I have seven heads. They just ask me, cool, what can I do to help you get there? Like, how can I help support? Or that's an awesome idea. Go for it. And that's what I noticed the first few years out of school. It'd be like, I wanted to host a podcast. And my immediate friend group was like, who the fuck are you to host a podcast? (laughs) And I was like, I don't know. I'm just going to start recording. (laughs) (laughs) and just see like what happened. So I think subconsciously I was seeking that. I was just going about it, quote unquote, in the wrong way. I was fumbling around, figuring it out. I think everyone has their own journey though. Like I think I needed that experience too. Not to say like, if you're just out of school, don't go and do those things. I think those experiences, everything happens for a reason, but be open to looking elsewhere too at the same time. How much are you a believer of the saying, you're the average of the five people that you hang around most. And it doesn't have to be five. You can take it out of context. It's just like, but how much do you believe, like just within your life personally and living, going to school, being on teams, having different jobs, yeah. living in different cities, how much do you think that that plays an impact on people? Oh, 100%. There's this challenge skills sweet spot that exists for our performance. And then you have a challenge on one side and skills on the other, right? And you can flip around with it, but there's going to be always this sweet spot of you want to have people around you that challenge you, but are just like outside of your skill. Like if I don't know podcasting, perfect example, I didn't know this podcast setup existed when I first started podcasting. And then when I came through Austin last year for the first time, I was like, holy crap, this is the best podcast setup that I've seen. I need to get that, but I never would have been open to it. So with this challenge skills sweet spot theory, what it's saying is if it is too challenging for us, we're going to get, and our skills aren't there to meet that demand, we're going to be anxious or we're going to be like, oh my gosh, I can never do that. I'm going to be overwhelmed with it. On the vice versa, if we're highly skilled, but the thing isn't really challenging, we're going to just feel bored. We're going to feel apathetic towards it. We can't just get up for whatever that thing may be. I think the people around us really help us fine tune that challenge skill sweet spot. I want to always be in rooms where the people I'm around, I'm honestly slightly behind them in a sense where there's something I can learn from them. That's why selfishly I love hanging out with you. I walk away every time being like, oh shoot, CJ taught me something new today. Even if it was just a five minute conversation or in this case, like a few hours of my day, I'm going to walk away and I'm going to be like, oh, cool. I see what he's doing and I'm inspired by it and he's going to challenge me, but you're not too far above me in that sense. You know what I mean? Like there's inspiration where I'm like, okay, cool. I can almost like go along with him. 
versus if I was sitting down with Joe Rogan, for example, we were talking about that beforehand. I'd be like, he's so far ahead of where I'm currently at. I'm going to get overwhelmed and be like, I just, I'll never get there. So I think the people we, we surround ourselves with really plays a role in just our overall excitement level of just day to day. I love this response. And I want to parlay that into some of the best experiences I had. And I had to move around. And maybe this is the same case for you. And that's what I want to ask. I had to move around to find where I would be with people that would like, I consider you someone that'll always be that person. Mm. Like, because there's also when you were talking about challenge and skill, it's you want to be around people that don't feel like they're competitive, but they don't feel competitive towards you. And that's where in my old environments, it was like, if you're going to do something cool and I'm not doing something cool, I'm going to put you down because I'm not doing something cool. And like with the podcast and friends are just like, no, don't do that. Like, who are you to do that? But ultimately that's them being like, I'm not doing anything. So you shouldn't do anything either. That's subconsciously, that's the vibe that they give off versus once I got to Austin, I started realizing Wow, there's a bunch of people like this morning, like I had a workout with three really badass guys in their own in their own realms. And none of us are competing in any lane except for our own and supporting each other's lane. But like respectively, if you took us as individuals, mm. we'd be like, damn, they're doing some pretty, pretty cool stuff. Now are some of us quote unquote ahead on some of the yeah. other scales? Yes, in society, in society's scale. But that's where for you, how have you navigated that challenge and skill? Because you're trying to do something that's never been done. And mm. what I found on my end is it's very tough because like I don't want to be Joe Rogan. Yeah. So it's like a lot of the overwhelmingness comes from I don't have anything to follow. Like I, like we're there's we're no used blueprint. to following our yeah. whole life, and then now that there's no blueprint, like I was talking to somebody the other day about the podcast where I enjoy having guests like yourself on, but I could also be going after people that have millions of followers, yeah. right? But it's like this is what I enjoy. Now, would the million followers maybe get me more clout and get me more listens? Potentially, I don't know because I haven't done it. But because there's no blueprint, it can be very overwhelming. How has that been for you? And like, just psychologically, since creating Forever Athlete, what has been the feeling you've had over the years of like as you're growing it? I'm laughing because I'm like, depends on the day. Some days I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm banging my head against this wall behind me. I'm like, dude, what don't the do heck? that. I just painted these. Yeah. <laughs> like, what am I doing? This is so frustrating. Because to your point, like we've we've had this laid out structure, right? Especially coming from the athlete world, where it's like, all right, cool, you get involved at the rec level. Then there's travel and club options. Then you take it a little bit more seriously, and then maybe like you're winning some championships, and then. Oh, then there's this college scholarship option. And then if you're really like really good at what you do, maybe there's a professional route depending on your sport. Awesome. And it was just kind of like you could break down those goals really easily, right? You'd be like, oh, I want to be an Olympian. So therefore, I need to make top two at Olympic trials. So therefore, I need to qualify for Olympic trials, which means I need to qualify for nationals a couple times and do really well there. And like all the way back down to like what I'm doing at 10 years old. <laughs> and see, it's actually. Total tangent, but I I love it. As I it's was so true. As I was moving to LA, my parents were cleaning out some stuff. They found a assignment that I completed in like 
third grade or something. I was like, what's your biggest dream? And I was like, to be an Olympian. That's awesome. And then it was the next question was, what do you need to do to get there? And I just put an arbitrary time. I was like, I need to go a 103 <laughs> and 100 back, which for context is probably about 20 something seconds off of what a, an Olympian would actually be doing. But at, ten, at like eight, 10 years old, I was like, that's it. I'm going to go 103 and 100 back. And then the next jump is I'm an Olympian. All of that to say, since I lost that structure, it's been really hard to recreate that. And that's kind of what I'm figuring out on a day-to-day basis is like, what are my metrics now? What does success look like to me now? It's it's different. And for the first time, I realized like I can define those truly for myself. And that took a lot of That's overwhelming. work to like, and this is what I do with a lot of the people I I get to work with is we take a look at where your values came from. And then we look at like, who do you want to be? And do those values match up? And maybe we challenge them a little bit. Like for example, my parents love them to death. They both came from the teaching realm. So they have a certain way of operating and value system that comes with that. We value money differently. I value money as this vehicle to invest into different avenues to grow whether that's growing myself growing the money like whatever it may be and like it was this really tough conversation when i told them last year that i was going to step away from a quote-unquote secure job six months into this global pandemic thing that we've been dealing with and they're just like are you crazy like what are you doing and then a few months later being like oh by the way i'm also going to pack up my life and i'm going to move to the west coast i've never lived more than an hour and a half from home and they're just like what is going on? We had to have that conversation of we value and prioritize things differently. And I think kind of lost track of the original answer to this question, but getting clear on values has allowed me to understand these are the steps from me and I'm creating them for myself for the first time in my life. And that's really, really freaking exciting. What's up, guys? I'd like to take a second to thank you for tuning into this episode with Corey. I hope you're loving this conversation so far. But before we get back into it, I have an opportunity I want to tell you about. As we all know, life is hard. It can beat you down, have you feeling low, and make it seem like you are alone. I'm here to remind you, though, that the most worthwhile journeys, they are not meant to be taken alone. And right now, you have the ability to take action and join others, including myself, on the mission to make every heartbeat count. Head over to cjfinley.com and sign up for my daily newsletter, where I will be giving you information, impactful stories, tips and tricks, and access to a community who are focused on making an impact above and beyond themselves. You'll also have the perk of exclusive giveaways, potential shout outs, and possibly even some collaborations. The least that will happen is you will walk away into every day with an extra pep in your step. My promise is that I will always do my best to help you thrive on life. And this newsletter is one of the best ways for me to help you do so. So if you're looking to get to the next level of your life, connect with like-minded individuals and have a daily dose of info that will help you thrive, sign up for my newsletter at cjfinley.com. Now let's get back to the conversation with Corey Camp. The way that I I think about it is if you were to go back to that 10-year-old self mm. and someone asked you like who do you want to be and how are you going to get there 
it's not the fact that you wanted to be an Olympian. It's the values mm. that you have as a kid when you're working out to be that Olympian that we feel. Like when you're a little kid and you go to practice, you feel the same thing as like when you're my age and I go to practice. It's yeah. the same feeling. It's like camaraderie, grit, passion. You feel the same things. You just don't know how to articulate it as a kid. So it shows up as like, I want to be a professional. That was yeah. me. I want to be a professional athlete. I would watch. The only channel I watched was ESPN. Now, where I found conflict was I was also a skateboarder. I also liked to write. I also liked girls. I also like, I liked all these things. You had things. some other interests. I had some yeah. other interests, right? And then you start getting overwhelmed because you're like, wow, I was a kid. I really love this feeling mm. and I want to be a professional athlete. But then you start realizing, I don't know if this happened for you. I started realizing I wasn't going to be one because I wasn't going to put the time into being one. And that was also a scary feeling because you're like, well, then what do I put my time into? So I love your answer because at the end of the day, I know what it's like to jump ship. I know what it's like to just up and yeah. leave and, and go somewhere else. And your family's like, where the hell is CJ going? But my values never changed. Like I always stuck with just like, I'm just going to work hard. I'm never going to give up. Like I'm going to be authentic to myself and like what I'm feeling. And where I'm going with this is imagine if we asked like when you get into kindergarten and then every single grade, instead of like, who do you want to be? It's why do you want to be that person? And that's where I kind of want to dive a little bit into why Forever Athlete. What values does Forever Athlete have and who is it serving? It's really dissecting it down to like the meta level of the things that you're doing. What are the skills that are showing up behind or the strengths that are showing up behind like why you chose what you did? That's what really helped me break down and start to process who I was as I looked at why was I drawn to swimming of all the things in the world? Well, I love being around people, but I also loved the option to put my head underwater and just like be in my world for an extended period of time. So I was like, oh, huh. I'm like an extroverted introvert. Okay, cool. Like I love social conversation and, and meeting people. But at the end of the day, like I need more time by myself to like recharge my social battery. And then I also understood like looking at that, I was like, oh, cool. Why do I like connecting with people? I like connecting with them on a deeper, deeper level. Like I had this opportunity when I was swimming at Delaware this guy, two years above me at Towson, which is a rival school for us, and him and I were rivals, so to speak, competed in the same events. And I remember we only swam against each other my freshman and my sophomore year. His name's Matt Lowe. Great dude. We would trade off who would win. He was honestly a better swimmer than me. But instead of being like this constant, oh man, I hate that guy because he always beats me. I hate Matt. Like, screw him. I was like, man, I got to know Matt as a person outside of the races and stuff. We started to become friends. I had this opportunity about a year after I graduated. I happened to be on a cruise through the Bahamas, and he happens to be from Nassau in the Bahamas. And he happened to be home visiting his parents that same time that like my ship was going into port for the day. So I reached out to him, and I was like, hey, man, like I'm going to Nassau. And he's like, no way, I'm here. Let me give you a, a local's tour of the island. It's like, this is so freaking cool. Like These doors are open because we have this common thing. And even though him and I only talked a handful of times here and there throughout the years in swimming, we were able to have 
a full like half day together. It was never awkward. There's no awkward sign like pauses there because there's just this mutual understanding of like I knew exactly who I was sitting down with because I it was me. It was a reflection of me. And that's what I hope Forever Athlete can provide to people is this opportunity to connect with people where it instantly pushes all the bullshit aside and you can just like drop in to deep conversation and be like, yo, like I see you because I see me in you and we can connect via that. And it's going to show up in different ways. It can show up and we can go hit a workout together. We can go meditate together. We can have deep conversation at a dinner party together. We can, you know, it's going to be all these different things. That's why I'm like very hesitant with the company and the brand now to only throw like workout events. I don't want that to be the only thing. Like I hosted a talent show a few weeks ago because to me, growing up, I didn't think I had any other talent beyond swimming, beyond my athletic ability. And even, it's funny, even at the talent show, someone was like, I went up there to, to share and they were like, you're going to knock out 50 push-ups," And I was like, I'm actually going to perform spoken word poetry and like, see how that goes. And they were like, really? And I was like, yeah. Just be open to it and see like what happens. Something you said kind of hit home. It was talking about the extroverted introvert. And I think a lot of athletes fall in that line. Like people think that like I'm just super extroverted, but you just made me realize that sports conditioned me to be the extroverted introvert because you don't get better at the sport by playing just with your teammates. Mm -hmm. Like I excelled at the sports that I would play out front of my house alone for hours. Yeah. Those are the ones that I got better at. And my best two were, were soccer and, and hockey. And we played, those were the two most played ones in front of my house and behind my house with the goals that, that we had. Yeah. And that's why I kept getting better at it. And I think, because I love the brand that you're building, I think what happens to people is they don't necessarily, like for me at first, you talking about the bars reminded me of myself because the extroversion, you think that's going to solve yeah. your problems. And I started getting addicted to the extroversion part of it and losing the side of myself that was like practicing on something. And for me, now that I'm thinking about this and I'm just going on a tangent because this is this could help other people, I felt the pressure of society and I felt like I couldn't practice because practice was wasting time. Mm. Meaning like you just mentioned poetry. Yeah, I never was writing up until probably my late 20s because I would sit down the right and be like, I could be doing something better. I could be doing something more extroverted that gives me this feeling of whatever it is that gives me more dopamine and serotonin. Yeah. Rather, when I think back to like, the biggest joys of my life happened when I was practicing alone. And then in the game, you score the goal or you, yeah. you win the swim meet because you were practicing alone and you kept practicing. So the reason I'm going down this rabbit hole is like, what are you practicing today? You're not playing sports and you're not doing these things. What are some of the things that you practice every single day to make Forever Athlete better, not only for yourself, but for other people out there? Whew. A whole bunch of things. I mean, writing is the first thing and constantly learning. So really, the, the whole premise of the company and the brand is basically, I want it to be masterclass. I want it to be very educational to people, but it meets meetup and accomplishing both through flow state. So flow state psychology, understanding 
that's like the headspace that we got in during game day because we had the, the practice and everything perfectly lined up in place so that we could drop in the flow as soon as we had time to perform. So for me, it's like we need to understand flow. It comes in four stages. There's always a struggle phase. We want to struggle up until a point of frustration. Then we want to have a release. Then we want to drop into flow. That's the third stage. And then we want to recover afterwards. And we can look at it as this like macro picture of that can happen in a day, but that could also be set up in a month, three months, a year, whatever it may be. We're going to go through seasons in our life where maybe we're just starting that business and we're in a three to six month heavy struggle phase where we're getting really freaking frustrated every single day. Why isn't anyone coming to my product? Why aren't they buying my services? But understand like on the other side of that, there's flow, but we need to release it. And really what I'm practicing is picking up on those things throughout the day. I love biofeedback. I love systems. It's something you and I have in common is like, how can I create the perfect day for myself? And then how can I help other people start to understand their biorhythms and their circadian, you know, the circadian rhythm and like how they're genetically wired and hardwired. And how can we start to provide them with this freedom to operate on a day-to-day basis towards their peak performance? It's going to look different for everyone. That's kind of what I'm doing is I'm just constantly experimenting, constantly learning and implementing and just seeing kind of what works for me and how I can help other people start to ask that same question. I think one of the things you hit on earlier when you asked, like, what did you give up? I think that is one of the hardest things to undo with athletes because it drills in to us this belief that everything is an either or in our life. And it's just kind of black and white. You can't have it all. You have to either or. And I would argue we can have it all. There's, there's always an opportunity to look at something and say, it's an and also. And how can we create more and also's in our life? That's really what I'm practicing. That's what this little road trip that I just came off of. Yes, I was in the car. Yes, I was hiking national parks and doing some really dope stuff. I was also working. I was taking phone calls. I was seeing clients. Like All of that was happening at the same time during these downtimes. And it kind of really is just challenging the norm of a day-to-day life. Like, what can you actually do in a day? Like, why can't you go hike Big Bend National Park for six hours and also see clients and create content and be present? Why not? Like, why do we have to, to sacrifice Because the, the system that <laughs> yeah. you're talking about doesn't <laughs> tell you that you can do that. And that's, that's ultimately the system that we grew up in and is still existing, which is frustrating hasn't aligned with the fact that you do have a phone now you do have the ability to connect like when we're kids like that's a little bit different so that's that's another going back to like your parents and some of the struggles I had which they both completely under understand what I do now and like why I do it and my dad is I'm trying to help him figure out how to make like a mobile business and stuff like that now that he's retired because you can and that's where I just think like Unfortunately, most human beings operate in like, we don't know what we can't see, Mm -hmm. but most people don't try to ever see. They're just walking around blind. And and that's where as an athlete, especially for myself, how I thought about it when I was 
coming up was I was blind to the possibilities of like what I could be because I wasn't looking at how you were, how did you say it was like and also? And also, yeah. And also it was just like, oh, I can either become the, prof- I can either give up everything and become the professional athlete yeah. or I could be kind of something in the middle where I'm good, but then I also party and then I also do the school and then I also yeah. do these other things rather than being like, which does give me it all? Because yeah. if you ask professional athletes, like the all is being the professional, like yeah. that, they got that feeling versus for me, what gave me that feeling was having a bunch of different interests and doing like kind of living the day that you just did. Now that's not for everybody. If you, if you're listening right now and you have a nine to five and you love it and it's all to you, yeah. like that's great. Like you found the thing. And I think for, for people like yourself and for me, because there was no representation of somebody that has it all, but it's a bunch of different little chunks. I got very overwhelmed and that's where it stemmed into like chasing adrenaline, chasing girls, chasing drugs and alcohol, chasing experiences that nowadays, like an experience for me is literally just like, I'm, we're sitting in my podcast studio and it's just like, it does, it's nothing that crazy. Right. Yeah. But it's like, this gives me a better feeling. This is my all compared to, doing a million other things that I used to do. I think it really boils down to one, defining all. What does all look like for you? It's going to be different. And then two, making sure that the the daily activities, the behaviors, the habits that you put into place, they create a harmony and they create this beautiful life symphony towards that all goal, that like North Star. For me, it's like I I never want to find myself complacent because as athletes – we knew it was like when, the moment we were not improving, we were losing. Like we lost. Like that's it. So I want to create a life now where I'm not embracing complacency. And sometimes that might mean actually sitting still. Don't confuse stillness for not actually moving forward. Sometimes we need to just be in whatever it is that we need to sit in, whether that be an emotion, a period in our life. We can still grow even if we're being still. That's something that I really struggled with as, you know, being this hyperactive go, go, go all the time. It was like, what do you mean I would benefit from meditation? Like I, I never saw that. But if we can understand that North Star and then these, we look at the habits throughout the day, I can look at, all right, for me, I understand my all. So for right now, I'm 10 months sober, like alcohol doesn't play a role in to the all that I am chasing at this moment. Is that a permanent thing? I have no idea. I might go back to that at some point. All that to say, like that all can change and that's okay. I think that's really where another pain point for a lot of athletes is just this, we hate to quit. We hate to give up because that was instilled into us at a very early age too. Versus in life, the faster you quit and move to something you can give your all to, the better you're going to do. Yeah, It's funny, in the intro to the book, I write about how sport provided us with this playground to help discover ourselves and give us this opportunity to fail and fail fast. It was like you tried out a certain soccer trick or hockey move, and it was like, oh, shoot, I didn't didn't execute that just right. I'm going to go back to it. And that's how you end up practicing for hours and hours and getting lost in the process. Where did we lose that? Like, Why does that not exist anymore? All of a sudden, at some point, for a multitude of reasons, we get reach our 20s and we think failure is final and we're afraid of it. Some people are. 
when I think about this question, it just everything for me, and that's why I have a like clock tattoo on my hand, is time. People are afraid to really think about time and like the time that you have here on earth. So we fill the time we have with things to distract us. And that's why a lot of people, they'll literally say, oh, I can't meditate. And I was like, okay, just go sit over there for five minutes. Don't say a word, give me your phone. Okay, you just meditated. Like, so like, <laughs> because they box themselves into like, what is meditation? I think we fixate too much on like the what rather than the why going back to the core values we were talking about earlier. And we focus on the what because in the societal system is just like, we get paid for our what? Like, what do you do? What are you doing for somebody else? So, like, right? <laughs> so because that's the structure that society has, now the people that really make it realize that money, again, just like you were saying compared to your parents, is just a byproduct of your why. Like, if I show up with a really strong purpose, I'm probably going to attract other people like that and probably going to attract wealth. And wealth goes beyond just money. It goes relationships, experiences, education, knowledge. Money is just an... It's literally just a representation of energy. It's an exchange yeah, of... it's an exchange of It's a of form energy. of energy. And I think that people, going back to what you were talking about, because we don't really want to face the ultimate question of like, if I died tomorrow, what is, right? Nobody wants to face that. And that creates, again, that distraction. So I've asked this before, like if you're driving to your job right now, or you're going, if you have all these different ideas and you're doing these different things, like the life that you really want to live is asking yourself, like Corey was saying, like, what would that perfect day be? And you're never going to get the perfect day. That's what I realized. You're never, it's like perfect doesn't exist, right? But if you spend your life working towards that day, then you're going to have a purpose. And that purpose is ultimately going to give you the time well spent feeling. And what I've realized is when you feel like your time was well spent, like at the end of the day, most healthy people aren't looking at their bank account at the end of the day. Like they're just like, oh, I had a great day. Like that felt great, right? So for you, when you mentioned that perfect day, what does that look like today? And then I also want you to go into the future a little bit because like today's perfect day is going to be different than the future. Like yeah. if your goal is to grow forever athlete and be a millionaire, like your perfect day then is then expand it. Like you're yeah. going to be able to do some cooler things, quote unquote, than you can right now, but you're still doing some awesome things right now. So two part question, like what, is your kind of like perfect day today? And then what do you want it to look like in the future? And this will help people kind of like adjust to what is their day today and what is their perfect day? And then also realizing that they, that the perfect day of today isn't the perfect day of tomorrow. Yeah. I think I was fortunate earlier this year to truly experience my version of the perfect day. And I was actually, it happened while I was down in Rio de Janeiro in Brazil. I woke up, went for a run on the beach there, came back, Saw two clients. While I was seeing two clients, I was staying in an Airbnb with two friends, and we hired a masseuse to come to the house. <laughs> so I'm seeing my two clients. That masseuse is working on my two friends, and then they had client calls. So we set it up so like they saw their clients, and then I hopped on the massage table and like got work done on me. Best massage ever. Ten out of ten recommend. Her name's Joy. She's also my mom's <laughs> name. Down in Rio. Hit her up. Also extremely affordable massage like most affordable massage i've ever had it cost like 16 us dollars wow so we had that and then had one more client session ended up going to lunch came back spent a little bit more time on like admin content creation all that good stuff and then i went for a helicopter tour around rio and then we finished with like 
a five course meal out to dinner. And it was just this constant flow of like, I was with people I really love and care about. They're great friends. I was doing really cool experiences that I haven't done before. So there's this novelty to it, but I also had time to myself. I was also serving others within that. Like it was just this, this cool thing. And I would challenge that and say, I don't, from a meta level, I will I don't think any of that will change when I quote unquote arrived and made it. And like the brand is where I would like it to be because I think the brand is already where I, it's like exactly where I want it to be. Like this moment right now is perfect. And so will five years from now, I just think the way it will be expressed might be a little bit different. It might be a little bit more extravagant, quote unquote, five, 10 years from now. But I mean, shoot, if I can still get a massage for $16, five, 10 years from now, I'm living a pretty good life, man. You're perfect. <laughs> what I meant from the future is it's like your ability to make somebody else's perfect day is expanded because yeah. if the, the, that's the cool thing about businesses as your business grows, your ability to serve other people and bring them kind of up with you and yeah. r- rise the tide for somebody else you just it exponentially keeps, it just keeps growing and yeah, and uh, whether you're hiring people because yeah. at the end of the day like if you hire people into forever athlete to help forever athlete yeah you're literally feeding people and building their dreams up so that's kind of how i was looking at it it's just like but i love your end response to that and it kind of remi- reminded me of like you don't really need much because like even on a ground level, it's just like, are you going to fly in a helicopter every day? Like, no. Right. That'd be freaking um, awesome. But yeah. yeah, it'd be awesome to have your own <laughs> helicopter. But like, is that the ultimate goal of life? So we had headsets like this in the helicopter and I, the limited Portuguese that, that I know, <laughs> I asked him like, how much did the helicopter cost? <laughs> and it was only about $200,000. So. Hey, it's, doable. it's quite the it's possibility, doable. but it's to, to say like, what really happened that day is again going back to the values of like yeah. camaraderie. You're with people. You're outside enjoying some type of athletic activity, recovering, eating well. Like so, on the ground level, the reason that I love how you laid that out is like someone out there, like your perfect day. Like you don't need much mm. to have the perfect day. And that's what I like. I turned thirty this year. That was like my biggest realization is. Got the house, got the wife, got like yeah. you start achieving these things when you're like 15. You're thinking about like, oh, I'll never be there. Like that person, 30 is so old, <laughs> right? And then you get them, and it's this feeling of wow. What really makes this environment perfect is the little things in the everyday life. So that's kind of like where I want to flip this question over. Okay, because we kind of know like when you're extravagant type of perfect day but you're the type of guy that i take is like every day is like pretty pretty great right so what does that look like every day when you're not in rio de janeiro (laughs) or you're not traveling to austin like what does a typical day in Corey's life look like it's this harmonious balance between that extroversion and introversion it's making sure that i'm setting up boundaries so that i can have that time with people i truly care about and and love, whether that be friends, whether that be people that I'm blessed enough to work with them as a coaching client relationship or calling my parents or hanging out with, with my roommates, but then also making sure I have time for me and I'm recharging, I'm reading, I'm writing, because I those things, truly, they light me up. It is really interesting to look at that. Like I never realized how much I loved reading while I was a swimmer because I didn't think that that fit the mold of an athlete. Because I was like, 
Why would I have time to read? I barely had time to like stay awake to read the textbooks that I was <laughs> supposed to be reading. Why would I read for pleasure? Like that makes yeah, no but sense. That's, but that's crazy. No way. Yeah, exactly. That doesn't exist. So I thought the same way. So for me, it's that it's that harmonious balance, and, and that shows up in different ways. Like Wednesdays are my favorite day because that's what that's what I've made the Forever Athlete LA day in in LA, where we meet at seven a.m. on the beach in Venice. We literally play games. I'll bring out a speed ladder and some cones and some hurdles, and maybe I'm creating obstacle courses, and it gives me this creative outlet to really think of something in my head of like, oh, okay, we're going to like bear crawl to this cone and then we're going to do like 10 break dancers there and then hop up and backpedal and like maybe, oh, I'll throw, I'll bring a tennis ball. We'll like throw a tennis ball into the mix. And then, and sometimes we won't, I won't even have anything planned. We'll just show up and I'll be like, all right guys, like today we're just going to create like at, on the fly, like as we're here, let's like, remember as kids when we were eight years old and you just gave us something or you gave us nothing and we were able to like entertain ourselves yep i'm like let's recreate that like let's get really really freaking creative and we go from that group setting then we go to like a coffee shop afterwards and we like decompress and we got all like the weird awkwardness out during the workout and then we can like drop into really deep conversation and then i from there i just like go home and take a nap and then wake up and, and go into some content creation i'm like that's that's a really cool. It's a great day, day. Yeah. and it reminds me. If you haven't done this yet, we did. I think you did something like it, but for our, one of the men we admire trips, we did. We did the Olympics, yeah, like our own version. And man, it was the most fun I've had in a very long time. Uh, we did like you, you spin around on uh, like the dizzy bat, dizzy bat, yeah. and then we had to carry an egg. So like you're spinning around on the dizzy bat, and then you have an egg on a spoon that yeah. you have to run like thirty yards, and then you got to transfer to yeah. somebody else. Um, and then another fun one was like egg toss and the wheelbarrow race. So one of the most fun ones we had was like you get in a circle and you have to rap. You have to, you have to, it's like a rap, but you rhyme yeah. off of whatever that person before you. And it was so intriguing to see like who was really good at that. And then yeah. who was, I'm terrible at that, but so we're not going to play a, right now. We're not going to play that right now. <laughs> but like so, some, some of the, our buddies are like so good. And it was just like, damn, like this is awesome. And another one we had to come up with, was like, we got five minutes to come up with a dance, like a, a yeah. 45 second dance. So imagine like dudes just like, <laughs> With some provocative little dance to some music. Yeah. Uh, and we have like the background, the mountains in the background. So lo and behold, if you haven't done that yet, I highly recommend it. And think of like the stupidest games that you could think of. Because like I hadn't laughed that hard. Yeah. And this is kind of like why I wanted to tell this is just like, I think something that I miss the most with athletics is laughing. It's such an under valued thing i used to literally have belly laughs every day yeah. because i'm around athletes and we're just doing like when you're when you're practicing you're doing dumb shit like when you're in games funny things happen like after the game before the game like it's just constantly just lightening the mood of life now the game is real yeah. serious but like everything else is kind of lighthearted. and i think in my life like i've lost that and that's something that i'd love for you to kind of describe like how is forever athlete doing that you just mentioned like you have the Wednesdays, but what other types of events are you doing to kind of like build that camaraderie and that laughter yeah. and that joy that I think a lot of people are lacking. And the reason that I'm diving down this hole is I think a lot of people out there, if you're in the corporate world or you're an entrepreneur, like joining groups like forever athlete yeah. fills that void. And 
coming from me personally, like that is something that's huge for me because yeah. I immediately know what it's like when I get that feeling. Yeah, two thoughts come to mind. First, you you would just appreciate this because I know you're like the biohacker nerd in you. You have that trait as well. So belly laughter has actually been linked in studies to show increases in correlations to increases in heart rate variability. So the more belly belly laughter that we have, it's actually a fantastic form of recovery, and it's great for like moving the needle a little bit in our HRV marker. As a whoop wearer yourself, I know you would appreciate that. That is um, a good stat right there. I'm gonna yeah. have to look into that more. Um, <laughs> number two, and like to more directly answer your question, is so with the podcast, I want to make it really interactive. It's why. I, created a community number where people can like voicemail in and call in or text in questions that they want to see answered on the show. But then also recreating like a, a monthly live where on the Forever Athlete community uh, that I'm building, we just go live and I like to call them a raise your vibration social hour. And it can mean like whatever you want. There's no real agenda to there. We just pop in and my hope is that the more people join in, we can similar to how men we admire was set up where you can go into breakout rooms and get to know one another and see kind of what's what and we can be super serious like we were in the game and like talk about what what are we struggling with like let's go through it but then also laugh and like not take life super super seriously on the same breath so that's really what I'm trying to create there is through those social hours really the main goal is raise your vibration let's leave the ego at the door let's drop that for a second like I don't give a shit about what you do. I care about who you are as a human being, first and foremost. How can we honor that and then allow that to show up in what you do in your life? I love that. And we're getting close to wrapping up here. So this is a good segue into what you just described. How does somebody get involved with that? What is the best way for them to get in contact with you? Yeah. Well, first off, I just appreciate you having me on here, CJ, man. This is It's always fun having a conversation with you, it's an added treat when we get to record it and put it out there on the wavelengths that exist in the world. So I mean, it's not, is this the first one? Well, I was on yours, yeah. but like, this will be the first one of many in the years to come. So it's going to be, it's going to be pretty fun. I can't wait to come out to LA. Yeah, man. Uh, we'll have you, we'll put it. you in the outdoor podcast studio that I have there. But to answer your question, um, Instagram primarily at Corey Camp, C-O-R-Y-C-A-M-P and then websites Forever Athlete LA that's going to have all of the the details on what the heck Forever Athlete is, the podcast, the like everything is there. Um, and when's the book launch? It's a loaded question. <laughs> when well, does it relatively launch? Relatively, <laughs> we're probably looking at mid to late November. Fingers crossed, it comes out cool along that timeline. Who knows? No expectations there. Congrats on that. That's an amazing feat, and just everything that you're up to, and just. Thank you for spending the time here. Um, anybody out there, please reach out to Corey. He just told you how to get in contact with you. And whether you're looking for uh, camaraderie and to you're an ex-athlete or a non-ex-athlete, um, he's definitely somebody worth talking to and figuring out how you can collaborate and help each other um, further your own missions. Every At the end of every episode, I ask the same question of everybody. So what does it mean to thrive to you? What does thriving mean to you? So when I asked you that, and this is just something that's off the top of your head, you don't have to think through it. It's just more of like heart gut thing. So when you think of the word thriving, what does it mean? I didn't do my homework on this one, man. <laughs> You're an athlete, bro. Who cares about homework? Exactly. My yeah. dog ate it. Homework doesn't exist in my world. <laughs> um, 
I mean, to be honest, thriving for me is just constantly finding that challenge skill sweet spot and putting myself in uncomfortable environments and just seeing how can I respond, learn. All failure is just feedback and feedback's neutral. So how can I implement that to just continue this process of growth? Heck yeah. I love that the challenge skill kind of mindset you're talking about. And the biggest thing I think throughout this conversation that hit home with me was really the end also when you were talking about that. Um, it's something that I've struggled with my entire life. And I think it has stemmed from there's not a lot of people that think mm -hmm. in the end also. Uh, and I didn't really have any mentors or people to look up to who live by that. It was kind of the generic, I grew up in the generic environment. Yeah. Um, and it's to no one's fault. It's just how life is. You're, you're born into certain situations and Fortunately, we live in a time where Instagram came out and YouTube and I got to start seeing those things and fulfilling more of who I am. And that's where I want to end here because I want anybody else out there that if you feel like that end also type of person where there's a bunch of things that you want to do in your life and you want to mold your life to the lifestyle that you foresee in your head, you can do it. Corey's a great example of doing that. And he's also a great example of somebody that accepts that it's not going to always look the same. So it might be different tomorrow than it is today. And then five years from now, and that's okay. We're always trying to figure that thing to go all into and be all consuming. So if you're somebody out there that is struggling with that, please reach out to us. I know what it is like. And just in general, like this is episode 118 of, of the podcast. We're getting up there and I'm just very appreciative of you spending this time, but it's one of those things that is an all for me. It's an end all. So I can do this anywhere, anytime with anyone I like or don't like because, you know, hey, we have conversations, open conversations and debates. That's how we grow as human beings, right? So I want to end there. Please, if you like this episode, share it, get Corey's voice and forever athlete out there. Let's help this, this guy out. He deserves it, works extremely hard. Also leave a rating and review that helps us. But until next time, this is Jeff Finley with the Thrive on Life podcast. Thrive on y'all. What's up, y'all? This is CJ again. And on behalf of the small team here at Thrive on Life, I'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes. Our mission in life is to help people like you fuel your passion and make every heartbeat count. And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team. So we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our Thrive on Life community. To do so, please head to thriveonlife.com and connect with us there. We'd love to chat with you. Before I sign off, I'd like you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.